Emmanuel Axe, welcome back to Pittsburgh. Before we talk about Chopin, I have to tell you, I drove across the turnpike to hear your Mozart last weekend in Philadelphia with Herbert Blomstedt. The emotion in the audience when you came out with Maestro Blomstedt on your arm at age 95, he conducted brilliantly, you played brilliantly, but this is one of those electric events, and of course the Bruckner on the second half was astonishing too, but I loved your Mozart. Your concert last weekend in Philly was unbelievable. I'm, I'm very glad you enjoyed it. Of course, it's a very great orchestra. Uh, they love Herbert Blomstedt, and I love Herbert Blomstedt, and we just had a wonderful time. It was, it was very special. We were lucky to have him a lot here in Pittsburgh. In fact, he says that we offered him the job of music director here, and then he took San Francisco. Can you imagine such a thing? But The first time I ever played with him was actually here in Pittsburgh. He did a, I, I think he did a kind of uh, Beethoven festival, and I played the Beethoven first piano concerto. And that was the first time I met him and the first time I played with him. So it's been, I think that was 1979 or 1980, something like that. So what's his secret? How did he make it to 95 to do Bruckner's Fourth Symphony the way he did? Uh, I, I wish I knew because uh, I'm, I'm 73 now, so I'm, I feel very old. On the other hand, I could still be his son. So, you know... I, I guess we need we need to bottle whatever he's been doing. It's uh, it's fantastic, or or not bottle because he doesn't drink. So maybe that's the secret. I don't know. Well, I asked him, of course, and he said, "I never drank. I never smoked. I never even drank coffee or tea." Mm. And I think he had some philosophical centerpiece of his thinking that helped him that he feels well, got a, him he's a he's a seventh day adventist which is which is what uh one of the remarkable things about his his habits is that he will not rehearse on the sabbath the sabbath is friday night and saturday but he will conduct friday night concerts because he feels that concerts are not work they're an offering to god so he'll do a concert Friday night, but he wouldn't do a Friday night rehearsal. Well, long may he wave, and the same long, to you. Long, long may he live, yeah, yeah, and I'm sure he will. It's, uh, I'm looking forward to his 100th birthday. But there was something about the two of you together, I have to say, and the Mozart really was exquisite, well, just you're, delightful. You're very nice to say so, thank you. As we will expect with the Chopin this weekend, such a joy to have Chopin's second piano concerto. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, of course one of the one of the great uh, touchstones of the repertoire. Uh, I learned it very early on in my life, uh, and I'm still trying to play it. And uh, I don't know, I don't know how much longer I can I can manage it. It's very difficult. A lot of notes. Now, I spoke with the cellist in the Philadelphia Orchestra, Richard Harlow, as he left the stage door last weekend, and he said he heard you practicing the Chopin yeah, well, backstage I, in Philadelphia. I, I, I obviously practice it regularly, especially before I have to play it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a piece you have, to, you have to keep working on, but I have to say also at, at, at this point, I have to work on everything. 
Uh, You've always worked too hard. You work very, very hard. You're always practicing. No, not too hard. Just, I I just, I have to do it because uh, it's a matter of talent, you know, middling talent. So I have to keep practicing. You recorded the second with Sir Charles McHarris, and you were playing an interesting piano, if I remember. Yeah, this was, we, I actually got to record the Chopin works twice. Uh, the first time was with Mr. Ormandy and the Philadelphia Orchestra back when I was 25, 26, uh, and then with Charles McHarris with, with the OAE, Orchestra of the Age of Enlightenment, and then 1850 Erard, uh, the first steel frame Erard, uh, and uh, it was very exciting to work on on that piano. Different, different, uh, different sound, different feel. Wonderful experience, and of course, working with him was was unbelievable. The great, great artist. There's always somebody new joining the party that has never heard the Chopin Second Piano Concerto <laughs> before. Chopin has been so much a part of your world. You grew up with the. Uh, Warsaw and the Chopin piano competition where you were uh, recognized for your great talent very early on as a as a young person wasn't your teacher Mr. Muntz from the great tradition of Polish piano virtuosity well actually he was from the great tradition of Italian piano virtuosity because his teacher was Egon Petri and Egon Petri's teacher was Buzoni so that was his lineage but of course he knew all the Polish masters and uh he knew Rachmaninoff he knew Hoffman and he was he was a marvelous pianist who who in in the 40s developed the same problem that Gary Grafman had later on and and Leon Fleischer and so he had to he had to stop uh of course two generations earlier but he was uh, he was a wonderful wonderful teacher and I was with him for 12 years or so a long time but to explain how deep the feeling about Chopin is, it's tough. I mean, it, you've got to be Polish, right? Uh, oh, I don't, you know, I, I don't think so at all. I, I think Sh- you have to be a pianist. That's all. I think, I think Chopin and the piano are absolutely synonymous. I don't know any pianists that don't like Chopin. I know, I know a couple that don't play very much Chopin, but they all love it. Everyone loves it. It's, it's music on the highest level. It's, it's music on the level of Mozart, Beethoven, people like that. Uh, the only thing that, that is different about Chopin is that all he cared about was the piano. He didn't, he didn't write for, for other instruments, really. There's, there's a couple of chamber music pieces. There's the cello sonata and the trio. Uh, there's some concert, you know, early, early music with, with orchestra. Uh, there are a few songs, and that's it. Everything else is for piano. So that makes him perhaps not as as world-encompassing as Mozart, who did everything. Uh, Beethoven, who did almost everything. Uh, you know, these people. Uh, but the level of the music is is just that high. But then there's the Polish national hero. Recently, there was a 
an effort to get a Chopin statue in Western Canada. I don't know if you read about it, but it was in Edmonton, I think. And the truck driver has the bronze replica of, is it the, the, the Warsaw Park? In any case, he's driving it all across North America, and there were updates on YouTube that you could follow really? to, to check on the progress so of like the Chopin the, statue. Like the, like the piano Olympic flame or something, it sounds like. Yeah, it sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> and there he is on the, for, for decades he was on the, fuselage of the planes, the Lot airlines, well, sure. and on the a, currency. Yeah, it's, the, it's the Chopin airport, you know, and, and there's Chopin vodka, there's Chopin chocolates, there's uh, much as, you know, as there is in Austria for Mozart. But, but certainly he's, he's, uh, he's for everybody. Now you, can, you can't restrict uh, a, a genius like that to, to a nationality, I think. Uh, and look, uh, Garrick Olson, my dear friend Garrick Olson, who won the Chopin competition, is from White Plains, New York. You know, that is, he's not, <laughs> he wasn't born in Warsaw. <laughs> oh, my. So that's perfectly, and now Bruce Liu, who won the last Chopin competition, is from Canada, Chinese family. So I think the music is universal. International and, language, and for sure. And that, look, that's one of the things that makes music wonderful. It's all international language. You don't, you don't have to speak it. You can just listen and play and, and enjoy. And can you explain the romantic side of Chopin? I remember going in Paris to a museum called the Life Romantique, Musée de la Vie Romantique, and there is a, 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 a representation of the hands of Chopin and Georges Sand together, and there's something about that relationship, the craziness of Georges Sand. Here's a cigar-smoking, cross-dressing person who uh, the two of them have this wild and woolly... Yeah. Wow. Well, sounds normal to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I think, I, I think what, what, makes, what makes Chopin particularly uh, apart, maybe, is the combination, that, if you want to talk about the fact that he's half Polish, half French. Um, and if you believe in certain national characteristics, there's the nationalism and romance of Poland and the precision and uh, control of the French. And it's that combination, I think, that makes Chopin in a way unique. Uh, much like I think he's in, in a way an heir to Mozart. You know, he only liked two composers. He only liked Bach and Mozart didn't have much use for anyone else. <laughs> True. Okay, yeah. I've got to wrap up, okay. uh, but I, I wanted to ask you if there's anything new. Are you still uh, doing crossword puzzles passionately? Still, still doing crossword puzzles, not, not, get, not doing as well as I was, but, uh, you know, Saturday is becoming almost impossible for me. Uh, I think the brain is atrophying a little bit, uh, but I'm still, I'm still trying and still enjoying. Yeah, nothing much has changed, and... and uh, you know, Yo-Yo and I are playing some more. And you haven't so, moved into Wordle. People play Wordle. No, my, my wife plays Wordle every morning, and she does the spelling bee also, and she gets to genius every morning. And I'm so hopeless at it. I can't think. I see these letters, and I can't, I can't think of any words. <laughs> and she seems to get it all the time, so... Uh, I am lost in admiration every morning. Well, you still, you mentioned Yo-Yo Ma, do you still bump into Billy Joel or Hans Zimmer once in a while? Uh, Billy Joel I never met. 
I thought you did through no. Music Traveler. No, no, oh. I, I, I wish, I wish I had, but uh, I, I know Piano Man, you know, and I, I guess, uh, I guess that's my connection to Billy Joel. It's very nice. Uh, yeah, no, so nothing, nothing much has changed really. Yeah. We have a new record from you and Yo-Yo coming. The trio. Uh, there's going to be, there's going to be some, some more tr- Beethoven trios and symphonies. We're doing this insane project of trying to record the symphonies in trio transcription. <laughs> so there will, we've, we've just, we'll release number six. We released two and five a year ago. Number six with one of the trios in December. And the next release is going to be symphony number four and the Archduke trio. So I'm waiting to do the ninth with chorus. <laughs> That's going to be great. You must. That's a must. I, I, I doubt that we will, but it sounds like a good project to think about. Oh, my. Well, please come back again soon. We're Thank thrilled you. to have you Thank here you. this weekend. It's very exciting. Always a joy to, to have you with us here in Pittsburgh. It's a long relationship with very the Pittsburgh long. Symphony yeah, Orchestra. Very long. And, and, and I've, been, I've been privileged to come back often. So uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a family for me.